Powered by Righteous Media. Welcome to Independent Americans. Welcome to episode 243. I'm your host, Paul Rykoff. The radical political attacks on our military and military leaders are intensifying, including and especially from Donald Trump himself. And now, if you're the chairman of the Joint Chiefs especially, is definitely a time to stay vigilant. President Trump recently said that your dealings with China were so egregious that in times gone by, the punishment would have been death. That's right, he said that. Mm -hmm. That's correct. He is suggesting that you be punished by death. The former commander-in-chief to his former top military advisor. Um, look, I'm, I'm a soldier. Uh, I've been faithful and loyal to the Constitution of the United States for 44 and a half years. Uh, and my family and I have sacrificed greatly for this country, my mother and father before them. And, you know, as, as much as these comments are directed at me, it, it's also directed at the institution of the military. Um, and there's, there's 2.1 million of us in uniform. And, and the American people can take it to the bank that all of us, every single one of us, from private to general, we're loyal to that Constitution. It will never turn our back on it no matter what, no matter what the threats, uh, no matter what the humiliation, no matter what. If we're willing to die for that document, if we're willing to deploy to combat, if we're willing to uh, lose an arm, a leg, an eye, uh, to protect and, and support and defend that document and protect the American people, then we're willing to live for it too. So. I'm not going to comment directly on those, those things, but I can tell you that uh, this military, uh, this soldier, me, will never turn our back on that Constitution. But for the record, was there anything inappropriate or treasonous about the calls you made to Absolutely China? Absolutely not. Zero. None. It almost seems odd to ask this question because the former commander-in-chief seems to be calling for your execution. Are you worried about your safety? I've got adequate safety precautions. I, I wish those comments had not been made, but they were, and we'll take appropriate measures to ensure my safety and the safety of my family. So the former Commander-in-Chief of the United States of America is openly threatening to have the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff of the United States military executed. This is really happening. We've been covering the threat of what I've called the American insurgency on this show for years. And that American insurgency, led by former President Mayhem, supported by people like former General Mike Flynn, and enabled by lead elements like Senator Redneck, Tommy Tuberville himself, are intensifying their focus, their attacks, and their rampage on our military and on our specific military leaders like General Milley. I've been outspoken about this from the beginning. And I joined my friend General Barry McCaffrey and Chris Hayes on MSNBC to react. I think one of the things that Milley expresses, and I think the thing you really see is, Milley reiterating that there is a bedrock, ironclad consensus, loyalty, and fidelity to the U.S. Constitution. And ultimately, that is incommensurable with loyalty to Trump. 
Yeah, he's drawing a line. Yeah, and right. he's saying I stand on this side and you stand on that side. And Milley retires on October first, and I hope he lets the fist fly. We need to hear from <laughs> everything. everything he knows, and I think it's his, his patriotic duty. I think it's critical to our national security because what this is all about is about what I've called the American insurgency. It is a political and social movement focused on violently overthrowing our government, and it has lead elements, including Trump, including folks like uh, like like the former national security advisor Mike Flynn, and the lead soldier in this in Congress is Tommy Tuberville, who is ridiculous, radical, reckless, and racist. And I've called him Senator Redneck because that's what he is. You want someone to lead this ridiculous, racist uh, thing that undermines our national security? Tuberville's like me. I'll be your guy. And he is now doing that. He's got 10 minions who followed him to vote against C.Q. Brown. And every day it's something new that undermines our national security. It hurts our troops. It hurts our morale. Our enemies are celebrating. Vladimir Putin loves this. But there's also the political side of this. This is driving the GOP further and further away from America, and especially from independents like me. I've called this the Confederate wing of the GOP. They don't want to preserve the military of 2023. They want to create the Confederate army. They want to oh. take us back to the 1800s. They don't understand this modern world, and they're fighting it. And we've got to fight back. Yeah, I mean, to, to follow on that, and I'll come back to you in a second, General, just the idea that, you know, you and I are around the same age, yep. right? And, and obviously you served during that part of that period, that intensely fraught period, right, post 9-11. Yeah. That the idea that the military is woke, like the idea that like, and, and what they mean by woke is faithful to a creedal vision of the nation as bound together across difference in support of the Constitution, that to them is woke. But what they also mean is diverse. And what they also mean Correct. is not like that. Yes. I'm glad you're, you're naming it because there are serious racial components to every element of this, right? They continue to oppose some of the historically important heroic leaders of our military who are also black. Time and time again, Tommy Tuberville is opposite significant black leaders. And he says, I'll be the guy. I'll be the one to take that politically unpopular position because he wants to be this savior. He wants to be this person who will, who, who, who will go, go up to Trump and say, I'm your guy because it's a coordinated attack to undermine our national security and push their political agenda and anyone that stands in their way, even if it's the Pentagon. But if you're not angry, you're not paying attention because it's yet another reason our enemies are celebrating. As elements of one of the major parties in America continue to attack our military and our military leaders. We've never seen anything like this before. And it's why now more than ever stakes is high. Stakes is high, but you wouldn't have known it if you watched the GOP debate shit show the other night. It was painful. It was really, really painful. I'm going to spare you the clips. But at the end of the day, there was not a whole lot to attract or move independent Americans. I think Nikki Haley was strong again and maybe the only one that broke through, except for Chris Christie's stupid Donald Duck line. And DeSantis and Pence continue to fail to get traction. At the end of the day, Trump is the big winner. And America and our collective intelligence is the big loser. Trump continues to dominate. Trump continues to dominate and could be at 60% support in the Republican Party soon. There was actually one good question from Dana Perito that didn't get answered and didn't have any follow-up, but she asked, how will you attract independent Americans? Because as we know around here, 49% of American voters are independent and growing. 
and we will decide the election for president and be the difference in all swing states. The GOP follow-up question that we needed was, tens of millions of independent Americans nationwide, including 50% of veterans, are blocked from voting in publicly funded elections. Do you support open primaries? That was a question we needed asked, and it was not. But it's one we will continue to ask on this show of any candidates who will join us and anyone that's in the mix. Because this is a time for independents especially to stay vigilant. It's been a busy couple weeks around here in the Rykoff House. We've had school starting. It's been raining for like a whole week. I'm coaching two different soccer teams and a flag football team. My wife's continuing to do great work. And we're just juggling a lot of balls like so many folks are all across America in September and October. And I've been doing a lot of television. I'm basically on MSNBC almost every single day, which kind of disrupts the podcasting production calendar. But nevertheless, I want to continue to bring you my thoughts, my insights, and important, inspiring, and iconic guests. So that will be coming soon. But we've also got another reason to take a break. Our brilliant, fantastic, creative director, Chris Rosenthal, is getting married. So by the time you hear this, he and his new bride, Katie, will be formally wed. We wish you two all the best. Congratulations, guys. Love and happiness. And as a bit of a Chris Rosenthal wedding gift to all of you, I'm going to replay one of my favorite interviews of all time and one of our most noteworthy ones. About a year ago, I had a conversation with Andrew Yang, former Democrat and political candidate for president, and now the founder and leader of the Forward Party, a party that seeks to attract independence. Well, it's a year later, and I think they've struggled to do that. They've struggled to attract me and other independents, but they have continued to make an impact. How big an impact is for you to decide and for America to decide? But our conversation, I think, was important and revealing. So I want to replay it now one year later, and I hope to have Andrew back on the show soon. But before I do, please be sure to check out independentamericans.us, join our Patreon community, buy some swag, and support us in any way you can, especially by sharing this podcast far and wide. Invite your friends to declare their independence. And stay vigilant, my friends, because eternal vigilance is the price of freedom and hope is the oxygen of democracy. So stay vigilant and check out this conversation that will help you do that with my friend, Andrew Yang. Ladies and gentlemen, independent Americans around the country and around the world. This is a moment we've all been waiting for. The man that we have discussed, we have followed, we have watched, we have encouraged, we have criticized is finally here. Uh, The holiday time is here. World Cup is fully on and politics never ends. 
and we are very proud and thankful to finally have us joining here on Independent Americans, the great and powerful Andrew Yang. Welcome, sir. Thank you, Paul. It's great to be here. I'm, I'm sorry it's taken so long. Uh, and, and thank you for all you've done for the country and continue to do. Uh, it's great to have you here. I was getting a little worried. We started the hashtag, where is Yang? Um, but we've used in the past and, and I think it got some folks. My attention. wife wants to know the, the same thing sometimes, man. She's like, <laughs> where, where, where is that guy? Well, I'm, I'm glad you're finally here. We've had a lot of um, close encounters where we almost had you on when you were running for president. Um, I was really incredibly inspired by that campaign and by all you're doing and by your wife and family. I think you're a really important and powerful role model. Um, I, I, I almost endorsed you for mayor. You may not know this. But I was supposed to be in an event, and I told them the one condition was I needed to meet you beforehand. That didn't happen, but I was a supporter of your, your mayoral run. Um, I, I, I think we have a lot of alignment on vision around the future for independence. Um, so I'm excited to get into all of it. Um, but let's start with a question I ask of everyone. Where are you and how are you, Andrew? Uh, I am great. Just had a, a nice Thanksgiving holiday with my in-laws. Uh, I'm in New York City in Manhattan, not that far from where you are. Uh, actually, we're probably, oh, what, 55, 60 blocks apart. We could have done this shit in person, Paul, if I know, <laughs> if we know. Well, well, we also are getting this in uh, before the World Cup. That was part of the, the alignment, too, here. The, we're, we're recording this on Tuesday. The game's in about... Two hours. I know you're We're a big a score sports. prediction. <laughs> what are well, we going to do? Hey, if you're going to put it out there, I'm going to ask you to predict that. We'll start with a hard one. Predict the score on U.S. versus Iran. This will this will air after it's already happened. And you're a big Jets fan. You're a Knicks fan. I mean, it's an exciting time. But are we about to have our hearts broken there like we do in politics all the time? Uh, I, I'm optimistic on uh, the Jets and the Giants, for that matter, making the playoffs. I, I think nine and seven might be enough to do it. <laughs> yeah, Mike White. Mike White's my new fucking hero. Come on, Mike White. Dude. By the way, the, the best thing you can say about Mike White is that his teammates clearly love him. And like the contrast between him and Zach Wilson is frankly night and day. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You know, I mean, like at the end of the day, these guys are. In the trenches, like who the hell do they want to, you know, uh, like bust their asses with uh, or alongside or for? Uh, in terms of U.S. versus Iran, I'm going to say the U.S. prevails one to zero. That's going to be be my prediction. So we'll know whether I'm right by the time this thing airs. It's 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 exciting. It's fun. It's about so much more than soccer. And I said this before on the show, I don't think there's any more exciting place in America to watch the World Cup than New York City because you've got people rooting for every team in every neighborhood, on every bus, everywhere. It's not the same as when it happens in the summer, but there's an electricity that I think is really unique to this city and especially with our team doing as well as they have, right? Uh, yeah, it, it is a little weird to have a World Cup during um, the colder months. I mean, I, it's been kind of confusing, but hey, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's 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 a, it's an optimistic time for New York sports and for American soccer, but kind of a dark and trying time for American politics. Um, we are now out of the most important election of our time until the next one. Um, uh, there was no red wave, but I talked a lot about how there was a camouflage wave of veterans that got elected and also an independent wave. And, and, you know, you've jumped into this in a big way. You are now, I think, whether it's by default or by design, maybe the leading voice for independence or independent politics 
in America. Um, but I want to ask you, maybe this conversation can be about convincing me and other independents why this is the right idea, why this is something worth investing our time and, and energy in. Um, and I guess maybe I'll start with a question. I think, I think your analysis has been spot on. I think you've, you've laid out the problem better than almost anybody in America. I'm not sure about your proposed solution. So maybe we can start there and then ask you, um, why is the solution to the two-party duopoly another party? Uh, well, first, Paul, I uh, appreciate uh, uh, everything you said about you know where I am in terms of this movement. Uh, I, I feel the same way about you. And I, I feel the same way about a lot of people who serve the country. I was at a Veterans for Political Innovation uh, event, um, and they talked about how when you're serving, you don't really talk politics all that much. Um, it's frowned upon. And that uh, the numbers I've seen are either 40 or 50% of military veterans are independents. Um, and I met a lot of uh, vets building forward over this last number of months. And uh, military veterans would just come up to me completely uh, unbidden in public and just say, hey, like, thank you for what you're doing, because they, they sense that uh, it's about the country. It's not about anything. Um, anything less than that. Uh, the two-party system is not working. And in my mind, if you think it's not working, so one of the jokes I tell is like the worst number of parties you can have is one. Uh, the second worst is two. <laughs> right. So so the third worst is probably going to be three, but three would be a, a massive improvement over two because right now there's such this black, white, good, evil uh, binary conversation where almost half of Democrats think Republicans are corrupt and a threat to the country. Almost half of Republicans think Democrats are corrupt and a threat to the country. And neither has to actually solve any problems or deliver or make you feel any sense of optimism or hope. <laughs> it's just about whether you hate us just a smidgen less than you hate the other guys. Uh, and if you had even a third party in that dynamic, then it does reshuffle it pretty quick because then you can't just lob grenades at the other side. Uh, you might have to form a coalition, get something done. And there are a number of Republican and Democratic, but I, I think in this case, the Republicans are in the driver's seat, members of Congress who are moderates who are trying to build essentially a fulcrum. Uh, and I'd imagine some of them are going to be military veterans. I, I was pumped that there are, there are these uh the this camouflage wave that you spoke of, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know all of the vets who were elected, but I instinctively like them all. <laughs> I, I mean, we've discussed it a lot on this show in the last few years, just the political power of veterans, um, unique political power. And it can be weaponized for evil, like we've seen Trump do so many times, or it can be harnessed for good, I think, in this in this independent movement. But I think part of what we've tried to shake out here, Andrew, is that I think independents are largely misunderstood. They're not just the middle. They're often none of the above. And they don't want to join things, right? Maybe they view themselves as, as independent. So um, how can you get, let me ask you this question. How, how are you different from the Libertarian Party, the Green Party, the Reform Party? Because there are other parties out there. There have been other parties out there. How are you different from them? And why should we uh, put our, our time and energy behind forward? Um, and, and can you break through in a way that those other parties haven't and aren't? Um, uh, this conversation reminds me of my time campaigning in Nevada for uh, question three, when mm -hmm. they, they were um, 
trying to shift to nonpartisan primaries and ranked choice voting, which I'm sure yep. you've discussed on, on this program. Uh, and there was a military veteran who let off the first TV advertisement, said, hey, I, I, I serve the country. I'm an independent, but I can't vote. And, you know, isn't that messed up? Uh, and, and so uh, we got behind that campaign. Um, we're going to have to do it again in Nevada. So if you're in Nevada, just so no, right. no, it's coming again in, in 2024. Um, and so when you look at uh, libertarians and greens uh, reform, I, I think reform is, I, I it's more or less defunct. <laughs> yeah. From what, I, from what I can tell. You um, covered it on your podcast. With, yeah. With uh, Jesse Ventura and, and Jackie Salit, whom we both know. Um, so oh, what, what they've done is that they've, They've uh, attracted a certain number of people, but they have kind of well-defined brands and, and ceilings. Honestly, they have, they have um, low ceilings, lowish ceilings. <laughs> not, not not to knock anyone mm-hmm. who's affiliated with the, those those yeah. parties. Um, and what's interesting is that every party is uh, is fifty-one organizations. It's a national uh, party, uh, and then it's fifty state orgs, and so. As someone, and you're you're an operator, I'm an operator. Um, when you look at these operations, you can evaluate for yourself what you think the cohesion uh, or integrity or re- resourcefulness is of these 51 organizations. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, you can tell from my tone, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I think people who are even very close to those parties would, would say, "Hey, like you know, things aren't exactly humming um, uh, o- over here." So the goal with forward is to succeed where others have not succeeded by being smart uh, and opportunistic, where if you look at something like the Nevada ballot initiative, uh, that's a massive opportunity for us to loosen the stranglehold that the two parties have on Nevadan politics. Both parties came out against it. They lost anyway, because there are so many people that, that want a change. Evan McMullen's race, we got behind in a particular way. Clint Smith, those races weren't successful, though Evan did get 43% of the vote, which uh, people would have thought was shocking. Um, so the the fun part about forward is that we're going to press on any of the vulnerabilities in the system. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and if there's an opportunity, then we pile in behind it while simultaneously building the grassroots level uh, the state parties in all 50 states. I'm optimistic we're going to succeed in large part because we already have uh, five to 10 times the level of resources as either the Libertarians or the Greens about a year in. Um, that's the way I th- I see the world. It's mm. just, uh, you know, it's like, hey, um, we have a massive duopoly to, uh, to break up uh, and disentangle. Um, if you were to look at it from a business sense, which is the way I tend to see things, uh, the value of each of these organizations and all their attendant media um, organs, uh, and then the rules and regulations they've set in place in various ways. You're talking about two multi-billion-dollar behemoth orgs, and then if you're going to create a viable alternative, you're going to need realistically uh, tens of millions of dollars, perhaps hundreds right. of millions of dollars. So that is the challenge. Uh, it's a big challenge. Uh, one of the main reasons we've only seen this in the context of billionaires running for president is because that's the scale of the resources that you need. Right. Yeah. So I guess part of what I'm, what I'm, what I'm trying to um, sort through is how much of your success is a first mover advantage. 
right? Like you, you're, you know this, right? There isn't a real alternative and you're the first guy to the spot on the floor and you're getting a certain degree of support. And I think the question is, can you make it sustainable? Can you make it durable? If there is a fourth, fifth, sixth party, where does forward sort out on that? So one of the questions I've been trying to, to noodle on is, is forward a strategy or is it a tactic? Um, because what I think is, you know, we may be defining the problem similarly, or we may not be. And I'm, I've been kind of teasing and I'm going to formally introduce a, a, a plan that I'm calling Operation Independence, which I think is a more comprehensive strategy with 13 different components that are organized collectively around the goal of disrupting the system and empowering independence. Right. And dude, but dude, I, dude, dude, I'm, I'm going to, 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 uh, pose, uh, an idea for you that yeah. is probably one of one of the the thirteen. I mean, yeah. you know, great minds thinking alike and all that. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see what you think. Um, so the twenty twenty presidential election was decided by about seventy thousand votes in four states: uh, Arizona, Nevada, Wisconsin, and Georgia. So what we're going to do, and would love your help with this, and if people listening to this are into it, what we're going to do is we're going to gather up uh, independents and swing voters in those four states, and let's add in Michigan and Pennsylvania, gather a block of several hundred thousand uh, genuine independents who say, look, we're up for grabs. We live in these four states. Uh, we're going to swing the election to whichever major party decides to back nonpartisan primaries, ranked choice voting, gets out of the way of the ballot initiatives, uh, starts looking at multi-member districts and the Fair Representation Act. And we can genuinely push the whole system in a direction because it's so stupid and polarized and locked up. Right. That 99% of our votes don't matter. But you know whose votes do matter? The independents and swing voters in Nevada, Arizona, Wisconsin, Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania. Well, what do yeah. you think? Four and six right. and 24. Yeah, without without a doubt. I mean, you, you've got a hard sales pitch here, right? And, and I think that's what I want to get into, too, because I think the sales pitch sometimes doesn't land for independence. And I'm going to come back to it because I agree with everything you said. I'm just not sure I need to be a part of the forward party to do that. Right. So when I talk about the 13 points, it's things that you support, like open primaries and public funding and, and ranked choice voting. But I also think it's components like building a media wing because we don't have an independent media That's wing. On the I think list it has too, to be. Bro. I yeah, want to see your 13 be, list. Keep right, going. Because it, it has to be. Well, there great has minds, to be, man. Let's do right. that too. But there also has to be research. There has to be voter registration. Yeah. Right. There has to be a, a grassroots galvanization. We're, 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 of a kicking, true off a, we're kicking off a C3 with. Hold like on, let me finish. Let me finish if I can. But this, but this gets to the other part, which is the forward party is most often identified with you, which is, which is a challenge. I think you recognize that as, as well as anyone, because independents are going to be reluctant to join a party run by a guy who was a Democrat a year ago, right? You're recruiting for your team and, and a lot of folks don't trust it. So how do you square the, square that with folks who are worried that the independent movement shouldn't gal be leading, uh, be joining what could be viewed as the Yang Party, right? It's 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 led by you. It's named by you. It's called the same thing your book was called. So how do you square that circle with folks like me that are independents that, that, that don't know if it's truly independent? This is one of the joys uh, of trying to build a tribe of folks who are, um, by definition, independent or not super into joining. <laughs> right. And, and by, and by right. the way, I kind of resemble this myself. Um, so... Uh, first, let me say that, uh, and hopefully people get a sense of this when they hang out um, in and around Ford, is I'm very happy to 
like just be one of many, not be the guy. If you get into the guts of it, I mean, you know, now my co-chair is uh, former Republican uh, Governor uh, Christy Todd Whitman. Yeah, she. But hold on, Andrew, because she's been yeah. on the show, and we get that, and we know about David Jolly. But, but you know, you're 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 the political all star here, and then you got a bunch of role players, right? So it's it's tough to kind of have it both What's, ways. What, because, what sport are we using, bro? <laughs> well, we can we use whatever sport you want. We can call it basketball, right? Okay, but, call but, it basketball. But, but you are the earned media superstar you're the social media superstar you're the fundraising superstar and and then you got a, a group of folks that are you know not well known that are maybe from a, a past time and and i think that's part of the challenge we had joe walsh on here who said that you know he was approached he wanted to join but he didn't want to join because frankly you were you were in charge so how i, I think it's really an issue right and i know you're working on it but you also have to recognize that it's not solved you're still on cnn all the time you're the you're the you're the you're the, the the rock star that brings people to the show and i guess i'll ask you know how do you solve for that who have you asked that said no and who do you want to have to offset that? If you get the rock tomorrow, yeah, everything changes and he's 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 the rock star. But for now, it's it's you. And that's a real challenge for I think, especially folks that are right of center um, and maybe more traditionally independent and unaffiliated. You know, I I think you are right that uh we need to recruit, we need to recruit people that broaden the brand that make it uh bigger than uh any one person or me in particular. Um, do I have those convos? Yes. Um, um, am I optimistic? Also, yes. Um, uh, one of the things that I, I will suggest is that, uh, you know, it's like, let's say we take the bas basketball uh, analogy. Let's say that we're the Miami Heat and I'm Dwayne Wade or whatever. Um, Dwayne Wade is very happy to have LeBron and Chris Bosh and whoever else, <laughs> you know, come, come join the Heat. Uh, you know, like Dwayne Wade's a team player, you know? Yeah, but it's more like, it's more like, it's more like you're LeBron and trying to get people to move to Cleveland. Um, <laughs> wow. That's a different metaphor. Well, then LeBron does end up, you know, winning a title at some point. Right. You know? <laughs> right. right. But you get my point is like, there's a lot of folks that are just going to say, Hey, look, and I've used examples from the show. We've had Admiral Stravides on the show. We've had Mike Mullen on the show. Right. I mean, you know, it's not, if Colin Powell had started an independent party, you know, two decades ago, it would have been a very different makeup. So by default, you know, it is it is it is largely there's got your fingerprints on it, right? There's a, there's Especially on the ground when you when you meet those organizers, a lot of them are Yang organizers who believe in you. Yeah, uh, and I think that the org the org is going to shift over time as the coalition grows. Um, you know, I mean, there there are pluses and minuses to having any uh, like any type of leadership, really, uh, and. Uh, hopefully people get a sense of this. So the thing I'd suggest to folks who are watching this, who are, who are the profile you describe or, or to you, Paul is to say, uh, functionally, um, we're on board, I think with all 13 of the goals that, that you're describing and forward, what forward is meant to do is provide a coalition for people who are trying to get these 13 things done, by the way, most of which are very, very difficult and will require seven or eight figures, maybe nine figures, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're trying to move a mountain. Now, in my opinion, the mountain needs to move. If the mountain doesn't move, we're all fucked. Um, and, you know, like history is on our side because the, this thing's disintegrating. <laughs> mm -hmm. but, you know, I mean, mountain's going to fall on everyone if we don't, um, you know, get uh, get this job done. Um, so I'm, I'm very confident that we're going to be able to do it. Um, for me, 
And I, I will say this too, is that if there was something else going on and it could be uh, uh, one of the, the joys I've had in this space, and I think you reflect this spirit, uh, is that when you come upon someone who's trying to tackle one aspect of this problem, they're almost never territorial. They're almost never like, no, this is my shit, go away, because mm-hmm. they know we're trying to move them out. And they're like, oh, you're here to talk about open primaries and ranked choice voting? Cool. <laughs> you know? And so mm-hmm. um, so that that's the spirit that we should all have. Um, I will say to you, I don't give a shit whether someone says like I'm forward party or not. If as long as they as long as they show up, they, you know, like get the job done. Uh like I like other people uh also have other, you know, it's like I you know, like you're doing this because you know it's necessary. I'm doing this because I know it's necessary. You know, like if we get this job done, then we can all go home. Now we're also realistic in that this job will probably take us years and years. <laughs> so, yeah. so you can't be you can't be faint of heart going in. Look, I see that evolution, right? Like you know, this is forward 1.0, and maybe it'll have you know versions that evolve over time. But you you also haven't you know said, hey, I'm only doing one term, and I'm going to be out in two years, and somebody else is going to take over, and you've got the branding baggage of being a guy who ran for president as a democrat and you know the 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 party named after your no, book no, and no, you, so you a, lot, this, a lot of that is baked it sound in like right it's it, it's it's demi i mean if you look at it um with uh christy todd whitman and david jolly and miles taylor and the renewed evan mcmullen is another example um yeah. uh, there, there's a, a huge body of people um in forward that come from the republican party uh just in, and and so in a way like if you take out if you take me out, it actually looks very much like former, like former Republicans, you know. Yeah, I mean? and that's a challenge too, right? I mean, you you, you know, you. I've said recently. I think the only person maybe uh, less popular than you in the Democratic Party right now is Tulsi Gabbard, and I think maybe now you've eclipsed her, right? I mean, Democrats are coming after you ferociously. Uh, Republicans are are skeptical, but I think at the end of the day, you're building something. And you're vying for funding and for attention and for market share. And so maybe just staying on this point, is there a wish list of people that you feel? Because I do think leadership matters, especially in this environment. We've talked about charismatic, dynamic leadership, and you bring that. You can mention those other folks as much as you want, but they don't bring the star power and the attention that you do. So is there a wish list of people that you feel embody the values of the forward party that if you if you could add them to the masthead tomorrow, you would add? I'm going to call out something because this is probably not surprising to anyone, but this gives a sense as to at least what I'd like to see happen. Uh, I think Mark Cuban would be tremendous. Well, it solves two things for you, right? I mean, <laughs> definitely solves the money problem. And, 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 but then we've got another pro. This is the, the legacy baggage branding of independence. We got another billionaire, right? Like, here we go. Another billionaire who thinks he can be. King of the independence. And we've, we've seen, you know, Forbes and, 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 and Bloomberg and so many others that, that think they're going to be, you know, they can kind of jump in and be the billionaire king of the independence. And I, I got to tell you, man, like that's the kind of shit that pushes me away. If you got Mike Mullen, if you got, you know, the ghost of John McCain, if you got someone, I've talked about the opportunity, I think within the military, maybe within sports, maybe within business, but business isn't trusted like it used to be. And maybe, you know, celebrity. I mean, people would get behind a different Texan, Matthew McConaughey, probably much more than they get behind Mark Cuban, right? So so by the math, uh, I'm not sure you're right, but I would love Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> You yeah. know, it, 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 so to give you a sense of um, my number one draft picks, like that's like kind of the the nature and 
character of them. Uh, the rock would be on the list. Yeah. Uh, so folks like that, um, I'd be super pumped about. And that also, uh, frankly makes me the Dwayne Wade, which I'm, you know, obviously totally amenable to. I mean, Dwayne Wade, <laughs> Dwayne Wade went on to win a couple titles. Uh, you know, I love Dwayne Wade. I've met Dwayne Wade. Awesome human being, big fan of Dwayne Wade. But to that point, you know, sports, I think, is is another area that Republicans like you look at, you know, the Tommy Tubervilles of the world, uh, Herschel Walker. Right. Like there's a there's a unique populism, I think, around athletes that that I think maybe is missing from the forward party right now. And maybe we'll see that from from the next generation. I love how do you athletes too. And by the way, there there is. So one of the things that's happening too, Paul, and I, and I do this is probably shocking to nobody, um, but a lot of people hit me up and say to me. Hey, like you're doing the right thing, you know, like uh, I, I love it. I'm, I'm into it now. Will most of those people, uh, you know, put that out publicly? Like, no, because what is their upside downside? It's like, you know, like my downside is let's see like Democrats, Republicans, uh, you know, all of a sudden, um, uh, you know, aren't as excited about me and my like products or whatever the fuck I'm selling or, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they're waiting, right? Like they're all sitting there yeah, waiting. Yeah. So, and so I've seen this happen like this. Yeah, the same thing happens in your, your, we've all um, seen it as anybody building something, you know, they wait to see until you're a success and then nobody wants to be, I said this before, it was like, it's kind of like starting, uh, go back to the soccer analogy. It was like starting MLS. Like nobody wanted to be the first European player to leave and come to MLS. Right. And like Beckham and others at some point, maybe later in the career. And that's kind of what you've got. You've got like upstarts or folks that are kind of in the B league or maybe are old timers, but you haven't really gotten a prime timer yet. Right. And, and maybe that takes me to another question, which is the competition component. You're the first there now. Forward party is by default going to be a leading party for independence. If Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney or, and or go start their own thing that's kind of more Republican light or GOP light, what does that do for your strategy and your ability to especially attract more national security focused independents and veterans and folks like that that we've talked about? Well, I, I think that we are the natural home for folks like that who are looking to uh, to flee the Republican Party, frankly. Um, we've had conversations with both, both of those people. Um, uh, and you, again, you have to keep in mind if someone like the reason why no one starts a party is because they have to go through all of the uh, the hurdles and hoops uh, in all 50 states and have 51 orgs. Uh, you know, the reason why people think that we're going to to uh, fall short is because on some level, people know how next to impossible it is. So the last thing I'm worried about is like a bunch of other people raising their hands and saying, Hey, I too am going to do the impossible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like the, 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 the main move they would make is to call us up and be like, Hey guys, like you want to provide us a, a, a landing zone. Um, and by the way, that means you do get, uh, you know, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands uh, of supporters. Uh, we have volunteer chapters in all 50 States state leads and 45 of them. Uh, we do have funding in the millions of dollars. So if you were uh, a human like Adam Kinzinger or Liz Cheney, are you really going to be like, I'm going to start, you know, like this whole new thing? I mean, it, it would. Uh, it, they might. It, I mean, like, you, you know, it's. Let's I think just say a, that's that's not on, on my concern list yeah. um, because like I know what's on our plate and you know what's on our plate and it's yeah. a bitch. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> you look, you look hey, at I, it. I, I've told you, man, I, I, I admire 
that you're doing it. And I think it's great. Uh, so much of what you're doing is great. But the question for me and so many other independents is like, we have a little bit of time. We have families and, and we really care deeply. And we're also, I think this is maybe the essence of it. We're careful about who we put our family name on, right? Like when I was playing football sports, they said, hey, your family name is on the back of your jersey. You're playing for your family, right? And I, I called uh, Kinzinger and Michael Steele and other Republicans out on this show when I've said the Republicans are trading on your family name. They, you, you're still with them and you're giving them your family name. So you're asking folks to do something really hard where they don't trust the parties, they don't trust the system, and you're asking them to join something new that they're unsure about, right? And and I do think that's going to be an ongoing challenge. It doesn't mean I don't support what you're what you're after, especially open primaries and the tactical things that I think are so critical to just increasing the number of people who are in the game, right? Just yeah. focusing on telling young people they don't have to pick a party. They don't know that, right? And and if you can help move the needle on that, I think that's a huge outcome for the country. Well, right now they kind of do need to pick a party if they're going to participate in a lot of places. They don't is, have to though. Like that's the, see, that's the, the devil's that, that's the devil's dilemma, right? Like I, I was hoping you would run for mayor as an independent, but you you made that choice and you said I'm not running as an independent. I'm running as a Democrat in New York, and you got clobbered for it, right? Yeah, in in uh, I mean, heck. <laughs> so so one of the things I want to lay out the timing. Um, so first, let me say that uh, I'm so proud that I was endorsed by the firefighters and police captains. Some of like the proudest days yeah. of my life, uh, accepting those endorsements. Um, so I write this book in 2020. Uh, and I figure out, hey, two party systems broken. Uh, you need to create uh, a better path. And there were three approaches to do it, which I, don't, I didn't say in my book, but I'll, I'll say it here. One, you start a nonprofit problem probably won't work. No one would give a shit Two, try and do it from within the two party system will never happen because it's not in either party's interests. Uh, and you turn off half the country immediately. And then number three is, uh, you try and start a positive unifying third party movement, um, of the 50% of pissed off Americans and say, Hey, we're going to change the system from here. So I figure this out that plan C in this case is the only one that makes any sense. Um, I, Figured that out at the end of 2020, and I try and figure out what I'm going to do. Uh, and I decided to run for mayor as a Democrat. Um, you're probably right. I should have done so as an independent. But my plan was, if I get through and win, then I declare myself an independent from City Hall. And then, you know, I've got four years and like everyone has to deal with it. Uh, and then I plant the flag and be like, hey, guys, there's a new political party, the United States of America. And the mayor of the biggest city in the country is uh, the founder. So it's fucking real. And, you know, might as well, like, start getting used to it. Uh uh, now the drawback there is that. So I'm hold not, on. So hold on, Andrew, if I can. So that was the plan. That, that was, was the plan. plan. Yeah. Well, shit, I would have supported that plan. And I think a lot of people would have supported that plan if you had said that. So the plan was to run as a Democrat, get in there. And the same way, I don't know, Bloomberg says he's not going to take a salary. And Adam says he's going to get paid in crypto, you know, more substantially. Obviously, you would have said, hey, I'm an independent. Yes. And the, the shit, man, that, have- that's, a, that's not something we've heard before. So the proof I have for this is that the manuscript was done at the end of 2020. And I already said like, Hey, I'm starting the forward party. And then I had to tell the publisher, look, keep that manuscript in a vault because if, uh, you know, like I just got to get through this fucking election and then, and then we can publish the book, uh, uh, after I win <laughs> and then, you know, then we can have, have fun. And the publisher was like, well, shit, you might be the mayor of New York then and promoting this book. So I guess that that's, that's a win. Um, so, uh, so that, you know, like that, that was always the, the design. I will say though, that there was a significant part of me that thought that 
the forward party would have a better chance uh, if I was actually building it. Because if I was the mayor of New York City, I, w- I would have very little time to do party mm-hmm. building. I'd just be trying to make the the city habitable. <laughs> and you'd be in a shark tank with everybody coming for your throat every single day. All right? the time. It's, it's, All the I time. mean, yeah, yeah. So, but but I, I think you know, that, that is that, that that I'm glad to hear that, frankly. Um, but I also it, it it also takes me back to another question, which is, you know, you've been you've been great at pushing forward ideas, right? And it's been hard for you to get votes. It's been hard for you to get the conversion or the customer acquisition or whatever, you know, example we want to use from the business world. So I think that's, that's my question going forward is, is are you going to be able to actually build a sustainable model of membership of, of activists, of people who say, I'm going to wear the forward party t-shirt on, on my chest. And I guess the question I have is, what did you learn from the mayor's race? What did you learn from running for president that will help this venture, frankly, be more successful in the outcome at the end? Um, well, we're already the third biggest political party in the country by resources 13 months in. Yeah, but by, but by default, my, right? My, right? My, you know, but you can say what you want. It's like, you know, that's a fact. My presidential campaign yeah. raised. Forty million. It's like being the best six man on, listen, the, on the Miami like you, Heat like, when you're listen, the six man on again, Miami Heat. Again, I'm a, I'm a numbers guy. My <laughs> yeah. presidential campaign raised forty million dollars from over four hundred thousand uh, Americans. No I doubt. made more presidential debate stages than our current vice president. My mayoral campaign got more individual donors than any mayoral campaign in the history of New York City. So anyone who looks at these things and says that like Yang can't build stuff uh, is full of shit. Uh, you know, I'm a serial builder who's built things like private sector, ran a private company, sold it to a public company, came out of nowhere, ran a national campaign that no one saw coming. Forward party is uh, on its way. Now, if you say, look, like, hey, the goal is to, uh, you know, win 51% of the vote in particular districts, I would say, well, sure, like, let's try and find individuals who represent their constituents in that environment and get them over the top, like Evan McMullen, like Clint Smith, yeah. like, like whomever. Um, and that has to be the goal of the forward party. Um, but I'm pumped that we've made this much progress in this time. And, and and I think you should be. But I think there's also the difference here is that those, at least the two last ventures, right, were about supporting you and people who believed in you and people who wanted universal basic income on the presidential stage. And they wanted you, I thought you'd be a great champion for New York City. I loved how much you celebrated the city. I thought you'd be a great ambassador for the world and you'd inspire people when we needed it after COVID, right? But this is different, right? This is a different product. The product, frankly, is not you, but you're the salesman who's used to selling you. So I think that's that's the rub, at least at this part in the development that I'm stuck with. And I think many other folks are, are stuck with. So is but, is but in this case, Paul, the, it's the product that you, in your case, have wanted already for a long time. It's the outcome I want. It's an outcome I want. I don't know if it's the pathway to get there. That's why I keep coming back to you. Like when you but laid no, out those so, three. So, and this is where I'm going to push back. Okay. Yeah. Because um, if I want ranked choice voting. Right. Yes. Or if, I, if I want, let's open primaries. I want to let's use that because that is the thing that I think is most urgent. Right. It is the forward party going to help move that forward? Yes. Yes. You used you used the example earlier of three options, one of them being nonprofit. 
I actually saw this in the veterans movement where they raised $300 million and it was led in a nonprofit model and there were billionaires and small donors and it created a movement that now is, is, is propelled 50 nonprofits and, you know, passed the GI bill, uh, you know, parity around mental health, huge advances for the movement that are not unlike the political advances we're trying to get here. So I, I still go back to, I don't know if the party is the right strategy. Right. And I think it might be more of a nonprofit, even for profit meld of something we haven't seen before. But we want the same things, Andrew. I I think the question is why, you know, I think you're going to have a hard time, at least for now, getting folks to say, here's my email, here's my money, here's my time with forward party instead of open primaries or just supporting the Nevada initiative without you guys. Well, uh, if someone is busting their ass for open primaries or, uh, Fair Vote or any of the other awesome organizations who are doing stuff, um, fantastic. Uh, and the the fact that Forward Party is representing another approach that's nakedly political, you can if you were just to be, uh, you know, like open minded about, it, just be like, okay, it's like uh, it's a missing piece of the puzzle that now it's filling in and it may, might not be the thing that I want to like do. Cause I'd rather volunteer for like the nonprofit, but I'm going to show very, very clearly an example of how this shit happens in real life because politicians shocker will respond to politics. Um, and if you look at the state of Connecticut, governor Lamont came out for ranked choice voting three months ago um, why did he do it? Was it because a nonprofit presented him a white paper? Of course, fucking not. Uh, the reason he he did it was because his consultants told him that it was going to be worth 3% in the gubernatorial race against a Republican, and it was a tight race. Now, the reason why it was worth 3% is because uh, there was a third-party gubernatorial candidate in Connecticut four years ago, in 2018, that got 4% of the vote. It earned them a ballot line. That then now this past cycle, they had as currency to trade in return for both gubernatorial candidates endorsing ranked choice voting. You know, so if you get 4% of Connecticut voters to say, I want this shit, or if you get 4% of American swing voters in Nevada, Georgia, Wisconsin, and uh, Arizona to say, we want this shit. You can push the entire political system in a direction. If you stay on the sidelines and be like, hey, do this because it's the right thing. You know what they'll say? Fuck you. Because yep. that is the way these guys work. That's, well, you know, you, I mean, you, again, you're you're really the best example. Behemoths or gubernatorial candidates, like they just want to win. You just got to make it a winning yeah. issue for them. There's no you're, way to make it a winning issue about, for them without politics. Yeah, you're also talking about finding a way to bring pain to them. Right. Because I think politicians respond to pain. Right. And maybe the best recent example is more like the Working Families Party. Right. In New York, where they've had a, where they had a group of people, they had some power and they yielded that power. And the question was, who is controlling that power? Right. And I think that goes back to the questions of leadership. Who's going to be guiding this ship? And I think ultimately there are a lot of ways to get at these targets. And the, the forward party may be one way to inflict pain or move people. The Lincoln Project model may be another one. Right. There are different ways to move Ned Lamont on ranked choice voting. But I do think the collective need is to put people on blast. Like I've been asking everybody on this show who's a politician, do you support open primaries? Most of them have never been asked, right? And if you press them on that, whether it's through the forward party or paid media from the Lincoln Project or grassroots uh, pressure from veterans, we can get to the same place. I think we're still 
kind of all dancing around each other. And we're looking for that really, truly galvanizing national leader. And I thought if Evan won, he would be it, right? He would assume that mantle. And I think right now it's it's a little messy and we're all working together. We're a little bit stepping on each other's toes. And if The Rock jumps in tomorrow and he's well-educated, boom, it's, it's fuel injection and we're all going to get there. So I, I still go back to the leadership question because I think parties by default are defined by their leaders, especially. And I wish, I hope that you spend, you know, as much time going after Admiral Mullen or Admiral Stravides, especially folks from the national security and defense community, as you do going after the Mark Cubans of the world, because I think they might be a unique group that can crack through and have trust. Right. Yeah. And uh, would absolutely love for more military leaders to come aboard there. It's actually happening. And you can look at veterans for political innovation uh, the alignment is uh, is pure, um, and there are folks who are part of Forward who are very very close to that um, that group. You know, I mention in some ways the Mark Cubans uh, of the world because I'm close to that group. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it, like uh, I'm an and we need but Andrew. Mark, we also got to call call it what it is. We need money, big money, and and there's not big money. Veterans for Political Nation, great group, good guys. They got zero funds. And, and you're right now also by default, the big money guy. Now, maybe that decimal point will move. Maybe we can get a couple more Cubans in, but we got to get a real war chest. And that's like the conversation we got to have out loud. And, 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 that, and that, that's the, that's the operator mindset, Paul. That, that's the thing is like what Andrew, Andrew Yang is like the leader of forward um, uh, just as an instrumental thing. It's like, like you said, it's like de facto, uh, you know, Andrew Yang just wants to get the fucking job done. <laughs> Um, and so Andrew Yang's going to pass the hat and be like, it's funny talking about myself in the third person. It's funny, but um, just go around. And like you said, you know, like Cuban, um, other billionaires, by the way, 70% of business leaders right now think our political system is fucked. Um, a lot of them were former Republicans who were like, yo, I'm not down with whatever the hell's going on now. This entire system has lost its way. It's irrational. Um, and if you get in front of them and say, look, I have a genuine plan to fix this stuff. Uh, by depolarizing our primary system, by getting rid of the party primaries, which, uh, you know, distorting incentives. And they hear that and they're like, oh yeah, that makes sense to me. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. like Catherine Gale and Michael Porter's politics industry, that's like straight out of Harvard Business Review saying, look, the incentives uh, are broken. Like, you know, I can speak business to business dudes being like, look guys, like, like you should expect fucked up shit out of the system because that that's just what the incentives are. <laughs> and they'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, uh, and so... Uh, to me, this is a giant operational challenge. Yeah. And, and and the thing that I would say to, to you and anyone listening is like, look, like, I don't care if you wear the jersey, like, uh, you know, as long as we just get the, the job done. And the forward party is just a way to get the job done, whether that's getting ballot access uh, in different states, whether it's supporting independent candidates, whether it's supporting uh, ballot initiatives, whether it's doing this four and six and 24, which is getting at this coalition of 4% of independent voters in the swing states. And if you resemble that, you know, like, how are you going to know when this stuff rolls mm -hmm. out? Just go to forwardparty.com. Like, I'm not asking you for a fucking tattoo. I'm just saying like, 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 let's play team ball. You know what I mean? You know, I think that's that I, I, again, I appreciate the sentiment and the ideas, but you're not asking for a tattoo, but you're asking for, for our family name, right? You're asking us to fly the flag. And like, that's, you know, a lot of us are close, right? And I think maybe you, you you'll can, get you more can just more go to forwardparty.com, sign up, and not tell a fucking soul. Yeah, like, but that's I, not. Like, but I, also, I but also, buddy, like independents are also proud, 
Like it's hard to be independent, right? And and, and then it's you hard. just unsubscribe as soon as we like piss you off or whatever. As soon as I, I, I think, goes I think out and does something larger, like terrible. The, the larger opportunity, Andrew, is that when independents get behind something, they're fierce. Right. And it's hard. It's a whole lot harder to be an independent than it is to be a, a party loyalist, especially right now. You're finding that out better, better than anybody. But I think we're, we're, we're getting to a point where I hope we can all come together around the shared values. That's where I keep talking about a movement. I, I've talked about the need for independent presidential debates. Right. You, uh, Michael Smirkanich is doing the unconvention. Like we're starting to bring together our movement in ways that are really, really powerful. And I want to give you a lot of credit for that, for taking on the hard fights. Um, I, I want to be actually going to throw out something about this independent presidential uh, uh, like uh, debate you're talking yeah. about. Imagine a nomination process where you could vote on your smartphone and then it gets confirmed via a QR code that's sent to your mailing address. Uh, and it, and it doesn't need to be, yo, I uh, love Iowa, it. New Hampshire, South Carolina, I, Nevada. We I love, activate I love millions of Americans around the country. By the way, a lot of military veterans already done this because this is how you had to vote when you were overseas. Except when we couldn't, but yes, I, 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 I appreciate that. There's always going to be a criticism of Democrats that they're great at ideas and they're poor at execution. This is not an idea challenge right now. It's an execution challenge. And I think everything that's I where, just said is very mature technologically. Um, like the only but, thing but, that's, but, and the great thing about Andrew, having is, a party, is the execution, the execution of all this individually, collectively, while we're fighting, fighting the forces that are so entrenched and are better funded. This is an insurgent, you know, disruption, revolutionary campaign that we're all trying to wage. And, and I think we're all focused on on a common enemy, right? Which is the yeah. broken political system and the existential threat to our democracy. And I think it's starting to come together and, and I appreciate that. And I'm going to encourage it and do all I can to support it and to support you when I can without fully giving you my Jersey. I know that you have other things to do, including the world cup. I asked you to stick around for a couple extra questions for our amazing Patreon members. But before I do, maybe to, to wrap it up, Andrew, you are in my view, a very brave person. And I think why so many people respect you is because you've been brave, because you've been in the arena, you stood on that stage, you took punches, you threw punches, and you put your family out there, which, you know, I have little kids, you have little kids, that is immeasurably difficult. Um, this is a hard time, and I think your legacy will be much bigger than the forward party. It'll be you as a transformative and, and role model type figure to so many people that are young. Can, can I ask you to leave folks, it's holiday times with a message, how did you get through it and how do you get through it and how, what advice do you have for other people in getting through it? Uh, well, thank you, Paul. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate the kind words of, for me, a, a lot of it's just making sure you can spend time with your uh, kids and see things through their eyes for a little bit. And they never gave a shit what daddy was doing. Uh, you know, like <laughs> they, they, they couldn't even watch the presidential debates cause they were like, this shit is boring. <laughs> like, drift off. So, uh, you know, as, as long as the people closest to you, uh, still view you in the way you want them to, and that, that you're able to be there for them. Uh, I've had some ups and downs this last number of years, but, uh, my family has been strong the whole time. And, uh, that's, really the foundation of it. If, they, if my family hadn't been strong, then I'm sure I would have been in a very different place. Um, so super grateful to my wife, Evelyn, uh, for, for keeping us um, heading in the right direction. Hmm. I, I really do, you know, believe that you and Evelyn have been role models um, in, in ways that folks can't fully quantify. We're going to hear from folks 
from kids, you know, a generation from now that, that got involved because they saw you and because they were inspired by you. And I think that's going to be maybe one of the most important parts of, of your legacy. You know, what's funny, um, Paul, is I actually see things in reverse. Like, uh, like I think that the forward party is going to have this tremendous multi-generational legacy uh, long after no one remembers uh, who, who the heck Andrew Yang was. Well, they're going to tell you to change the name a hundred times if you want to attract independence and and do all the branding manipulation that, what, that whatever that, that iteration of forward is, man. Like, <laughs> right. You know? Well, by then maybe you know Mark Cuban is is given you a billion dollars and you're mayor of New York City as an independent, or maybe you're fixing the Jets, or maybe fixing the Knicks, which might even be a, a harder challenge. Dude, the funniest thing that happened to me in all of this stuff is that I ended up in a feud with James Dolan when I, I said to someone to be like, if he was, if he really loved New York, he'd sell the team, uh, which I thought was just like a, you know, stupid Knicks fan joke that like everyone says. And then MSG had this like freaking, like, you know, literally on MSG.com, like blasting me. And I'm like, are you kidding? Your press people are like, you're so thin skinned. <laughs> These are the people, didn't they throw out Charles Oakley or they threw out somebody? Yes, like, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, like the defensiveness, the, 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 the pettiness, like that, like throwing out fans who also, by the way, yell at him, like sell the team and, and yeah. whatnot. Well, so, <laughs> I would be all for so. him. I would be all for him making his music career, his full-time job and, and having somebody else run the Knicks. Um, that was I, the most surreal. As someone who grew up a Knicks fan, that was the most surreal experience of this entire number of years was what the fuck? Like MSG is like being like, yeah, yeah. He doesn't know what he's talking but, yo, about. <laughs> you're asking, you're asking part of what you're doing at the forward party is you're asking people who grew up in Manhattan as Knicks fans to go be Nets fans. Like that's what you're asking them to do sometimes. And that's a hard thing for us as independents is to like, you know, it is to understand what this new thing is. And, and you're, you're really trying to rewire people in a way that I think is, is hard, but I think the future well, part, is the youngsters, it, right? The part, future part is the youngsters. Is, is that uh, I want to provide a home for people who want that home, who benefit from it. I'm not someone who's going to be like, you must do this. Like da, da, da. It's just that there are some people who really want a tribe to join. Um, and, and it is like a way to organize people. It's a way to get you. I done. get it. And I, and I think um, you're going to get a lot of those, but I think the core of independence are none of the above. They don't actually want to join and they don't want to be asked to join and they don't want to have to have to join. They want to be truly independent and to be able to have an a la carte series of options in their politics. And, and, one, of to the, be, and, and one of my, my, my uh, asks is to say, Hey, look, um, help us create the a la carte menu. Uh, then we can disband. But, all right. it, but, it, but until we change that system, we should come together and then like break up right after. Be like, we got a lot. We got a lot out in this one, man. This, this whole secret campaign to take over the, the, the Gracie mansion is amazing. This, this sunsetting of, of the Yang era, I think is interesting. Um, I hope you'll come back, man. I've really appreciated this conversation and all your leadership. I'm so glad we finally got to chop it up. Me Our too, audience Paul. appreciates it. Uh, and I hope you'll come back and we can continue these conversations. I wish you and your family a very happy holiday. Um, and, Happy and I holidays, hope you'll everyone. Stay vigilant, hug, Andrew. Hug your loved ones. Go Knicks. <laughs>
As a reminder, check out everything at independentamericans.us. Hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening and stay vigilant. And know you're not alone in your vigilance. We're all in this together. I'm your host, Paul Rykoff. Thank you for listening. Down with Putin. Slava Ukraine. Stay vigilant, America. And congratulations, Chris and Katie. Media.